Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Electric Leftovers. My name's Jason. How are you? This is episode 290. That's two, nine, and zero, because that's the way we like to do things around here with numbers and words. How you doing? I am, uh, I'm exhausted. I'd say that a lot. I've been tired a lot this year. Starting to wonder, you know, maybe maybe there's something to this sleep thing I hear about so much lately. What do we got over at the website this week? We have got some new Civilization VI for me, some new Dragon Quest VIII for me, Super Turrican from me, Minecraft for me, and some Greedfall from Scarlet. Maybe we had that last year. Last year? Last week. Did we have that last week? We shouldn't have had that last week. I seem to recall talking about it. Maybe. I don't know. New soundtracks over in the forums include Faxanadu, Dragon's Lair, and Donkey Kong. A link to the old version of Castlevania II Revamped by Metroid Quest is available. And uh, our latest guide, manual, whatever you want to call it, was for Final Fantasy Anthology. And I'm behind on adding some. I need to do that. I do have them all um, built, put together, scanned, however you want to say it, uploaded. I just need to get them added to the forums, and I'm going to do it in bits and pieces. That's all I got for you. There's not much to talk about other than me being tired. A host of evil creatures has besieged this once pristine land. From his underground palace, the Shadow King is directing his minions, the meanies, to infiltrate, corrupt, and destroy all thing of beauty. Just the one thing. The Shadow King is winning. All in the land will soon quiver beneath his vile gaze. Swept away be a raging river while trying to save a beautiful maiden, young Merlin finds himself in this enchanted land. As the explorer, he discovers the Shadow King's hideous plot. Armed with an arsenal of magical objects, Merlin enlists the aid of the Lady of the Lake and vanquishes the Shadow King's evil minions. It takes all Merlin's cunning and skill to penetrate the Shadow King's defenses and crush him forever. 
that is quite the back of a box, which not only has typos aplenty, but spoils the ending. This is Young Merlin, developed by Westwood Studios, published by Virgin Interactive, released in 1994, and it's an adventure game for the Super Nintendo. Ragnats requested this from me, and it is a strange game. Most games that Virgin Interactive published were kinda weird. Um, not necessarily bad. The game certainly has some good points to it, but I wouldn't call this a good game. I wouldn't call this a classic game. I would I would call this a game that exists, and it's one that can be played. But if you would rather watch me play it, there are five episodes of it on the uh, on the website where you can hear about the horrible hard drive problems I was having back then. All the fun times we had. So, review time for good old Zexies. Wow, there's not nearly as many as I thought there was going to be. Um, God, I hate to do it, because it's a full review. Brr. Uh, but it is from one of our go-tos, and since there's so few, I mean, we might as well. We'll start with this one, though. Uh, Comfortably Numb reviewed Zexies for us in 2000 and updated it in 2002 and says, Side-scroller with little innovations that make it all worth it. Zexies may be impossible to pronounce. I call it Zexus. 
says uh, comfortably numb. And it may look like an everyday shooter we should all just not care about, but actually it is a polished side-scroller with some little innovations sprinkled here and there. Like what? Read on. Alright. I'm gonna get a stamp. And every time someone says read on, I'm just gonna... See me after class. Uh, there's some formatting, design elements, visuals, and graphics. The backgrounds are usually a bit bland and repetitive, unfortunately, but there are plenty of visual interests in the foreground and some nice color. The Crystal Island level has some great looking platforms with a nice variety of color. The mixture of blue and pink are done very nice with some clear effects too. The character also changes colors when gets a new weapon. There's only a bit of slowdown I could notice, and like most games, some clipping. Rating 8. Great slash very good. Music and sound. This is still part of design elements. The music is catchy, and the sound effects are par to most on the NES. The music is quick. The music is quick, excuse me, and catchy music that goes along with the futuristic timeline of the game. The mechanical castle music has a nice beat, and the boss music really sounds like a dangerous movie moment. Soundtrack worth picking up if there is one. Rating nine. Excellent. Uh, Quick plug, there is a soundtrack. You can listen to it on the Low Bias Gaming website in the forums. Gameplay elements. Control. Like most side-scrollers, the control is responsive and easy. Basic as A is jump, B is shoot. On the character's main weapon, you can press up to aim up and fire at flying enemies instead of jumping. High jump by pressing up and jumping. Sometimes jumping is a bit uneasy in platform bits of the game, though. And sometimes I pull myself back at the last minute, believing I'll fall off the edge, only to fall off because I pulled back. Getting over this fear, I'll jump to the next platform without pulling back, but on that platform I was supposed to pull back and then fall off. Not sure if it's a control problem or a gameplay problem, but on my second time through the game I got used to it. Rating 8. Great slash very good. Gameplay. The game plays very well because of a little innovation in the gameplay which may not be something too big, but I enjoyed quite a bit. In the middle of levels, you have to travel using cyborg riders through parts of the level, which are flying devices that either look like arm suits or animals. The screen is always moving and you can run into obstacles, but it's very easily actually. After bosses, you have to travel on one of these cyborg riders to the next island on the land of Xexies. Also while facing the boss of the level, you ride on a flying saucer. The game is still side-scrolling during these parts, but it is still fun Nonetheless. The main game is simple side-scrolling with some small RPG elements. You are Apollo on a quest to save the world of Xexies from Garuza. Strange thing is it takes place in the future and the last level is the satellite orbit. Hmm. Well, inside of small houses, huts, whatever, Apollo can talk to fairies, buy stuff, or gain stuff. Apollo has to collect four stars from guardians, the hardest part of the game is fighting them, and enter the mechanical castle. Apollo attacks by shooting one of five weapons, including a small short-range laser to a beam that floats around Apollo and protects him. A nice working mix of shooter, action, adventure, and RPG. Rating 9! Excellent! Final rating. Sexies is a mix of genres into one side-scrolling game that plays very well. If jumping bits could be a bit difficult at times. Uh, I've seen Zexies and Bargain Bins before, and if you manage to stumble upon a copy, pick it up. It has catchy music, great graphics, and side-scrolling gameplay with the little RPG shooter bits thrown in. Check it out. Rating 9. Excellent. Rating 9. So, and that's a pretty cut and dry good review there. Weird putting in the plot of the game at the very end while you're talking about the gameplay. Uh, comfortably numb, but not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, your review is old enough to vote. Make sure it is registered. And now, oh boy, 
2012 brings us three boring games in one. A Zexies review by... Please give. That's right. It's Officil. Zexies is an action platform developed by Hudson. Quite an innovative game for an NES title, Zexies tries to combine a lot of different game styles together and has enormous variety, but unfortunately ends up being a heavily flawed and unpolished final project for many reasons. Story? Not applicable. I don't quite remember it since it's mainly in the manual, something about an enormous mechanical castle that has come to a 2777 AD Earth and has captured some princesses. You control a battle soldier that wants to set things straight. While in the game you'll meet some NPCs, but they will offer nothing to the plot since they are just there to offer you some items and info. Gameplay 4 out of 10, replay value 1 out of 10. Zexies starts off as a simple action platformer. Our hero runs around, shoots enemies that come toward him, and jump from platform to platform. And here is the main problem with the game. The awful controls. Apollo, the hero, moves a bit too fast for a game like this, and when he jumps he goes up fast and goes down way too fast, making it quite a challenge to jump from a small platform to another one. Many lives lost because of that. There are tons of enemies, different ones for each area, but they aren't exactly fun to battle with. It is sometimes hard to avoid them since you usually just try to stay on top of a small platform when four of them or shoot, uh, four of them shoot or hit you, pushing you off and killing you. Along your mission, you'll find some weapons that you'll trade for energy balls that are the currency in the game. Easy to find e-balls, easy to buy weapons, but that doesn't make them any fun. They're supposed to be innovative, but for me, they're more of an annoyance. A bouncing ball that you can't shoot straight, a weak wave shot, and various other useless weapons. All levels are filled with various shops and houses that you can enter to buy upgrades, also useless. Oh, excuse me. Upgrades, comma, parenthesis, also useless, parenthesis, comma, some power-up items that are quite useful, like the shoes that make you glide a bit, but they go off when you get hit three times. Something common in this game. In some houses, you'll fight some enemies in order to save some fairies in hot tubs, comma, parenthesis, exclamation mark, parenthesis, no comma, and get some money, but after doing it ten times, it gets boring, not to mention that the amount of money isn't exactly great. In each chapter, Mew must find a secret star in order to enter a mechanical castle, which is something like a simple labyrinth, comma, parenthesis, it also has shops, parenthesis, comma, where you must find a certain vehicle. Thus starts the second part of the game. Zexies now becomes a side-scrolling horizontal shooter where you avoid enemy fire and gather speed and power boosts. If you have played even one game of this kind, you'll know what to expect. Not impressive at all. In the end of the ride, you'll ride another vehicle and fight a boss. Bosses are extremely irritating, and that for two reasons. Number one, they hit hard, and number two, they fill the screen with almost unavoidable fire, making the battles hard, but in a bad way. After that, guess what? Another flying ride. And after that, can you guess again? Another boss fight. Arg! Each level looks different, but it is actually the same. Gather money, buy weapons, find star, enter castle, fly to the boss, kill him, and finally fly to the second boss. Repeat this for about five long chapters, and you have Zexies. Graphics 6.8, Design 5. The graphics of the game are very good, quite detailed, and with a nice variety since each level has its own look. Also, each area has its own set of enemies, so you won't see the same enemy again. Each time you mount a vehicle, it's different. Each boss, comma, parenthesis, and there are many parenthesis, comma, is different. Be everything is different! However, the game lacks consistency. You see, there are tons of stuff available, but all are forgettable because nothing is unique. Sure, they look good. And but is that enough? Oh, an and but. 
Uh, Super Mario Brothers, for example, had about five to six enemies, but they were unique in their designs and can fit into various roles, comma, parenthesis, flying, comma, turtles, comma, turtles that throw hammers, comma, etc., parenthesis, period. This game tries to impress you by throwing a lot of stuff at you, but I'm not impressed. Sound 6, music 5. The same good and bad in this game has terms of graphics it also has in the sound selection. The quality is just fine, just what you would expect from a decent NES title, and the variety is great. But the sound effects are not distinctive like other classic titles, sounds, and the music themes, while not irritating, are not exactly masterpieces, but some forgettable tunes. Pros. Not anything I can think of. Sorry. Cons. Very bad control and hit detection, bad weapons, boring and annoying enemies, tough bosses and in a bad way, forgettable enemies, sounds, and music despite the overall variety. Also played Mega Man 2 for the NES. Overall, 4.6 out of 10. Innovative? Yes. Right! Zexies is just three boring games in one. If that's called innovation, then I prefer the good old Space Invaders. Rating 5. Meh. Officil, I feel, number one, I want to know who taught him, comma, parenthesis, thing, parenthesis, comma. That's a problem. Um, number two, Officil both, like, hits the mark, but doesn't ever follow through. I don't know that I've ever read an Officil review where he actually rates the story, even though he includes it in his rating scheme. Uh, and he never knows them anyway. Doesn't take the time to look them up. Uh, gameplay starts off a simple action platformer. He talks about the awful controls, but our last review said the controls were fine, just the jumping was weird. And look, Zexies doesn't jump like Mega Man. Mega Man doesn't jump like Mario. Mario doesn't jump like Contra. Contra doesn't jump like Castlevania. Castlevania doesn't jump like Ninja Turtles. I mean, no two games have the same jump. Mario 1 has a different jump than 2 and 3. So, I mean, it's that's just how this game does it. You think you fall fast in Zexies, you try falling in Castlevania, you just drop. You just, boom, you're dead. Your ankles are broken, and you starve to death. That's how you die in Castlevania. So, it, it's not... It's just the way the game was designed, man. Um... Also, I think he says it was developed by Hudson. It was developed by Atlas and published by Hudson. So you're wrong on that one, Officer. Burr. Uh, he talks about... He actually got into a little more of the weeds of the game. So he's talking about the different weapons. Um, nobody really talked about the items. There are the shoes that'll let you glide, but there's also um, a shield weapon. There's uh, some boots that make you jump really high. There's a mirror thing that makes you invincible for a little bit. Uh, everybody talked about the... He talked about the 45 ball, which is the one of the first weapon upgrades you get. And I should mention, since no one else did, you can't change your weapons, so once you get one, that's your weapon for the next till you get another one. Uh, there's just the plain old shoot forward gun, there's the 45 ball, there's one that spins around you that you can charge that's actually really useful against bosses, so I don't know, that's the thing. Talks about the currency, but mentions that the money isn't great, but you don't need a ton of money. The game's pretty, pretty good about giving you exactly what you need. When he's talking about the stars that you need to enter the castle, he puts it secret in quotes, like it's not really secret, except you have to find it. 
it is hidden in the level and you've got to beat a boss to get the star anyway. So, uh, that's the thing. Uh, he mentions the second part of the game when the game becomes a horizontal shooter. I actually consider that the third part of the game. Uh, because you go from side-scrolling platform, you know, left to right movement. You can go back and forth like Metroid, not like Mario. Um, more like Mario 2, I guess. But then you get into the castle, and the castle ends up being, you can move left, right, up and down screens. You, you explore. You've got to find a door that will take you to this vehicle section, which is usually only two or three screens long, but at the end of each screen, there's two doors, and you gotta pick one. If you pick the wrong one, you repeat it. If you pick the right one, you move on. Nobody mentioned that. You finish that, and then you have to do more castle exploring, then you fight the boss, then you're on another vehicle segment, which is just straight side-scrolling, no doors, no nothing, and then you get to a flying boss. So, uh, nobody's been totally wrong, but nobody's been totally right. They are right that the bosses are hard. The bosses in this game are very hard. The flying segments are hard, at least the second ones, after you fought the castle boss. Uh, because there's a lot of obstacles in your way that you've got to fly around. Um, more times than not, when I would die playing this game, it would just be getting to the boss. Because I kept hitting the the obstacles in the way, and then I'd have no health by the time I got to the boss. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's talking about uh, the game lacks consistency right after saying that everything is different and that's really nice, so I don't know about that. Uh, talks about the sound and music being not so good. I think the music in this game is great, and I think the sound effects in this game are great. They match the music really well, they match what's going on really well. They're all pretty unique, not stuff I've heard in any other game. And, uh, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's better than Office still gives it credit for. I don't think it's a 9, like, um, whoever that was said, but I don't think it's a, it's a 5 on any, any scale. I think it's a, a solid 7, if not an 8. Uh, just because it's like that. In his also play, he could have added, uh, Monster Party. This play is kind of similar to Monster Party, in a way. Thank you. 
Well, news. Our lead story is, wait, what? This week, Cynthia Lynn Teeple, 47, of Jacksboro, Tennessee, was charged with public intoxication after Campbell County Sheriff's deputies found her topless in a La Follette backyard with two miniature horses on August 30th, according to authorities. WLAF, or WLAF, reported the owner told deputies Teeple had been eating grass and dirt from the horse enclosures and also chewed on one of the horse's manes. Teeple then volunteered that the horse's hair is made of Laffy Taffy and airhead candy, according to the arrest report, and admitted she had taken, guess what, methamphetamine the day before. Laffy Taffy. This is a juggernaut thing. I don't remember what it was, but that was a thing. Here's some bright ideas. In Botswana, cattle are left to graze and roam during the day, but that makes them vulnerable to attacks by lions, leopards, and other carnivores. So two conservation biologists from the University of New South Wales in Australia have come up with an idea to allow both cattle and cats to coexist, NPR reported. Because big cats hunt using the element of surprise, the biologists came up with a way to make the predators believe that they'd been seen by their prey and then abandoned the hunt. We tested this by painting one-third of a cattle herd with artificial eye spots on their backsides, explained Cameron Redford. And over four years, none of the cows that we painted with artificial eye spots were killed or ambushed by predators. Village chiefs and native farmers look forward to us coming back and painting more eyes on bums, Radford said. That's a big deal. I mean, bugs have been doing that forever. That's why butterfly wings look like the way they do. Conducting choir practice indoors was out of the question for Mark Potvin, instructor of music at Luther College in Decorah, Iowa. Given the school's COVID-19 protocols and finding a space outside posed a challenge until, quote, I was driving past the city pool, Potvin told KCRG, and noticed they were draining the pool. Officials at Decorah Park and Rec gave their blessing, and now choir members rehearse while standing in an empty pool, socially distanced and masked. Luther College has five choirs and one of the nation's largest collegiate music programs. Sing in swimming pools, I guess. Our least competent criminals, John Travis Ross, 33, and Joshua Ray Corban, 18, were charged with conspiracy in attempting to smuggle contraband into the Central Mississippi Correctional Facility in Pearl, Mississippi, after a drone they used as a delivery device became tangled in a net above the prison fence, according to a Department of Corrections statement. The Associated Press reported the drone was caught on August 26th and carried two ounces of marijuana, a cell phone, cigarette lighters, phone chargers, and headphones. 
Corrections Commissioner Burl Kane thus said. Uh, investigators were able to trace the drone's flight and discovered security video showing the men launching it. Kane said officials plan to reprogram the drone and use it at the state's maximum security prison in Parchman. And that's one of those uh, instances of... Um, Oh, I forget what they call it. You cannot you cannot be charged with a crime, but police can just confiscate your property. That's a thing. Happens a lot. Three teenage girls in Clinton, Connecticut have been arrested and charged with stealing a duck after photos of them surfaced on social media. According to police, WTNH reported the girls took a duck named Quackers out of a pen in mid-August at the Grove Garden Center Nursery where it was recovering from a raccoon attack and posted photos of themselves with Quackers at the town beach and a house party. The girls were charged with larceny and trespassing. Quackers is still missing. Have you seen this duck? He's got a fear of raccoons. Suspicions confirmed. Brittany Keach of Belding, Michigan got an unexpected bit of news when her mail on September 8th. Uh, sitting right on top of the mail, she told WXMI, was a postcard dated 100 years ago, October 29th, 1920. Yeah, that's a little too slow, Keach said. The Halloween greeting from young Flossie Burgess was addressed to her cousins. I just finished my history lesson and I'm going to bed pretty soon. A USPS spokesperson said in most cases, old letters and postcards sometimes purchased at flea markets, antique shops, and even online are re-entered into our system. And as long as there's a deliverable address and postage, the card or letter gets delivered. So it's not so much that the post office was slow, it's just that someone mailed it a second time. There you go. Stories of Ew, an unnamed 17-year-old girl in Bokaro, India, underwent surgery on August 31st to remove a 15-pound hairball from her stomach following years of, of obsessive hair chewing, Metro News reported. A team of doctors led by Dr. G.N. Thanks, News. Sao initially thought the mass was a tumor but discovered the hairball during a six-hour surgery. The girl was reported to be in stable condition following the procedure. Meanwhile, doctors at a hospital in Dagestan, Russia, were shocked to discover the source of a woman's stomach distress was a four-foot-long snake that apparently slithered into her mouth as she slept outside her home in Lavasi village. In a video of the procedure, the doctor is heard to say, Let's see what this is, Yahoo News Australia reported, as a tube is inserted down the anesthetized woman's throat. Local residents say the incidents are not unheard of in the mountainous areas. Uh, next story is Obsessions. Akiko Obata, who lives in the Chiba Prefecture in Japan, holds the Guinness World Record for the largest collection of Sampuru, the fake food restaurants used to promote their offerings. Sampuru is an important part of Japanese food culture, according to Oddity Central, and after 15 years of collecting, Obata now has more than 8,000 individual items filling an entire room in her house. Replicas are not real food, but I truly respect how each of them are made to look so real, Obata said. There was a movie in which Big Bird went to Japan and tried to order some uh, Sampuru and then was very upset when he couldn't eat it. In a tale of irony, Bounty... Oh boy. 
Chirami, 22, smelling of alcohol and swaying back and forth, was arrested and charged with drunk driving on August 30th after his Mazda allegedly struck an electronic traffic sign flashing the message, Drive sober or get pulled over, according to police affidavit. Officers in Port Charlotte, Florida, said Chirami told them he'd been on his phone and suddenly struck something, but was unsure what it was. His car sustained heavy front-end damage and the nearby sign was wrecked, the smoking gun reported. The affidavit also noted that he recorded a blood alcohol content twice the legal limit in two breath tests. In the stories of overreaction, a 34-year-old Wichita, Kansas man died after a disagreement over leftover barbecue beans escalated, KWCH reported. On August 2nd, Ryan Spite returned to the home he shared with his uncle, David Staley, 57, and went to the kitchen where Staley questioned him about eating the beans, according to an arrest affidavit. Staley told police Spite became upset, pushing and punching Staley, who in response picked up a knife from the counter and jabbed Ryan one time in the chest. Staley was charged with voluntary manslaughter. Leftover beans. Not even good beans. And our final story of awesome World War II veteran Suddy Economy, 94 of Roanoke, Virginia, developed a taste for juicy fruit gum during the war and is well known around town for passing out sticks of his favorite flavor to everyone he meets. Now, CNN reports Economy has been granted his dying wish to be buried in a casket painted to look like a package of juicy fruit. After initially having his request for permission turned down, Economy's friend Sammy Oki, only of Oki's funeral service, received a call from a Mars Wrigley Company vice president approving the use of its logo. The company even delivered 250 packs of gum to Economy's family. Meanwhile, Economy is living at the Virginia Veterans Care Clinic, where his health is improving. Well, good for you, Mr. Economy.
And uh, sometime later, that is the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I do. Ooh, excuse me. I do appreciate it. I hope you. Uh, I hope you had as much fun listening as I did talking. I guess I go get the soundtrack, and I'm not looking forward to it because oh, oh, young Merlin. Oh, oh, I can. I can just yeah taste it it's gross anyway thanks everybody i do appreciate it again if you would like to check out the show you can find electric leftovers on any podcast software of your choice you can get uh, old episodes at lowbiasgaming.net slash electric leftovers i also upload them a week later on youtube if you would be so kind as to leave the show a like comment review whatever you want on any episode wherever you're finding this that is also greatly appreciated uh, we've got links to the Discord chat, lowbiasgaming.net, and everything else in the description of this video, along with a link to the Patreon, should you choose to uh, support the channel via Patreon. I'm coming up with some ideas of some things to do on Patreon that are going to be... I hate to make it like paywall kind of stuff, but it would be stuff that would only be available to Patreon people, which is kind of how that goes. Uh, it's a work in progress I'm gonna get out of here thank you guys and see you next week Electric Leftovers is a low-bias gaming production. Low-bias gaming. We play games.